Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empower Podcast. In this episode, we bring on special guest Catherine York, who's actually a QA specialist at Gearbox in Texas. Now, Catherine brings a very interesting perspective to the podcast. Um, she's obviously a professional and is really good at what she does, but she also brings up the issue of mental health, especially as it pertains to the gaming and entertainment industries. So you guys are really in for a treat. She gives you guys um, kind of her suggestions on how you can better uh, deal with taking care of yourself in the industry, as well as how to look out for your team members and to make sure you have a very positive and cohesive work environment. Special guest for us. Um, I'm not as familiar with her. Uh, Katie, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? She was introduced to me through uh, Steve Meehan. Cut out on my end, sorry. Um, my name's Katie York. I am currently working at Gearbox as a QA tester, but I graduated from UT Dallas with a degree in arts and technology, uh, primarily focusing in 3D art, uh, 3D uh, level design. Uh, but I also am working on being a concept artist, so I'm constantly pushing towards that effort. Cool. And, awesome. Um, you know what? Can you guys catch me up a little bit? I think Steve's told me this, but how did you two first get in touch? Uh, we actually hilariously got in touch with one of our the new hires that we just got over at Gearbox. Uh, I was putting out a feeler on LinkedIn, as many people do, and I was like, hey, if anybody's, you know, hiring concept artists, I'm here, and, you know, I'm ready to work or anything like that, and I was like, I'm looking for any advice, any tips, any portfolio reviews, anything, I'm here for it all, and then um, Steven ended up getting uh, uh, tagged in a comment, and so I thought, you know what? Who knows the industry a lot better than I do, so I went ahead and I sent a connection request. Steve's like, hey, nice to meet you. And we just started talking and now we're oh. it did a weird thing. Hmm? All right. Um Byron, is, are we coming through all right? I know we're like just starting off. I'm having a little trouble with my uh with my connection. Yeah, yes. it was a little choppy for me as well. I mean I can see you, but uh, Katie, unfortunately, it was a little bit choppy during that last section, what she said. Okay, would you like me to repeat? Uh, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, you said that you guys met on LinkedIn. You sent him a connection request. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I sent him a connection request on LinkedIn uh, because he was someone who's in the industry and one of my uh, coworkers recommended him and everything like that in a comment on a LinkedIn post that I made. And so, yeah, I sent him a request connection request then he messaged me and we just kind of chit chatted here and there he wanted to get to know me like the rest is kind of history now we're good friends at least i would like to think we're good friends (laughs) (laughs) i I concur i agree with that okay okay. good and like from from my perspective this is one of the things that i'm constantly looking for is my goal is to help people in their career paths especially in video games and I just put that feeler no matter where the hell that I go. So if I'm doing a talk at a school or if I'm on LinkedIn or if I'm chatting with friends, like I just put that out there. And I know that naturally by me putting that message out there, the right people will come into my periphery somehow. Um, and this is just a part of it is me just being true to myself and what do I want to do? And then understanding that the right people will show up. And one of the things that I love about Katie is that we have been in 
in very consistent contact over the past several months. Um, and I know a lot of that is on her effort. She's the one who's hungry for knowledge. She's the one who's hungry to to learn more. And not only does she have that hunger, but she's also putting it to use. And from somebody who wants to give guidance, that is that's very um, uplifting for me to know that my energy being uh, is being used in a positive way. Um, and that's why I absolutely love chatting with Katie um, because these things like there's a natural connection where um, we just like the, the conversations flow effortlessly. But not only that, but I can sense how she's communicating with me, and, you know, the things that she wants to do um, and that I have a, from my experience, I can help her out. So it's just, that's, these are the types of people that I'm looking for. So if you are out there and you are looking for a mentor, that's one of the things that you can do to make yourself be appealing to be mentored is take the stuff that you're learning, put it to use and then let your mentor know how effective it's going to be. Cause that's kind of like the, the feedback loop in video games, right? When you do something, you get the positive feedback. You want to keep doing it over and over again. Um, so little bits of tips on if you're mentor, that's something that you can do to find it. So um, thank you again, Katie, for, for being an awesome person and for joining us and for sharing your story on how you got into video games. And I know you mentioned that you are, you know, that you studied uh, in school and now you're a tester or um, working to be a concept artist professionally. Can you go a little bit more into detail? Like, what was your path to getting in the industry? Like, where did it start? Um, well, oh, goodness. I guess it uh, starts same way everybody else says. We all love playing video games. We're all, you know, really into that and everything like that. And actually, my, my path kind of started in high school. I actually created a video game with a couple of my friends. And they were in a BCIS class. And they were going to uh, participate in a competition. And I was in an art history class at the time. And so they're like, hey, you can draw. Can you help us with the character design? I was like, yeah, sure. And so, you know, a couple hours a day, I would go down and I would drop the characters in Photoshop. And it was little 16-bit characters. So we were just doing like little sprite select sheets and everything like that and they put it all together and we won the competition and which is really really neat um but hilariously uh games didn't start for me like i didn't realize that the game industry or game development was a thing until way later way later um I actually went to college to be a marine biologist. I wanted to study, you know, fish and killer whale hunting patterns, and I wanted to study, like, the, not the, the, um, what's the word? Regeneration cycles of, like, starfish and various other things. Um, and then one day I just kind of lost faith in that. Not, not necessarily faith, but, like, love in that. Um, and I got really bored, so I switched over to being an artist, and at that point in time, I thought I was only ever going to be a, a graphic artist. There was nothing else I could do in computers. And then someone's like, well, why not video games? I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, someone has to make the things that you enjoy playing, right? And I was like, yes. And they're like, well, you can do that. And I was like, well, what can I do? I'm just an artist. So they're like, oh, well, you could design the thing. I was like... Oh, yeah, someone does that! <laughs> and so I, would, I actually transferred from Texas A&M Corpus Christi all the way up to UT Dallas, where they just opened up the A-Tech program. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't have a concept art position, uh, like, tracked, so I ended up doing 3D environment 
I really, really enjoyed that. I thought it was a lot of fun, but for whatever reason, after I got out of college, I just kind of fell out of love with it. It's not so much that I can't do it. It's just, again, it didn't capture my interest as much as creating characters and creating stories for these characters and, you know, building up their world that way in a two-dimensional way. Um, That really appealed to me. So um, after that, I just kind of kept pushing to try and find an industry job. I ended up getting a job at GameStop, um, which is, you know, kind of one of those tried and true uh, event people in the game industry that'll have that particular job before they got into the industry. And uh, I made friends and networked with a bunch of the people who were in the industry, um, but were regulars at my store. I had like, I had some friends from like E3, not E3, um, shoot, what is it? Uh, from EA. And then I had uh, some friends from Gearbox, and it came around that uh, Gearbox was looking for Q. One of my uh, friends ended up stopping by. He's like, "Hey, we're taking resumes. Can you hand me your resume?" And because I, I know how much you want to get in the industry, and the, that was kind of history. Um, everything kind of mapped out really easily there two weeks later I had an interview and then two weeks after that I got the phone call saying hey you're hired at Gearbox and I was like I did a happy dance around the entire store I was like gladly rearranging everything and <laughs> I was telling my manager and I was like that's it I'm out I'm this is my two weeks I'm going to Gearbox it's like that's awesome so yeah um a lot of it is you know it kind of starts the same way as everybody else does just kind of realizing that video games are is, is a is a thing that you can do. I absolutely love that story. And one of the cool things in particular is, like, one, you surrounded yourself in video games. Like, getting a job at GameStop, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what going into GameStop, what was your thought process? Like, how did you see that playing out beforehand? Like, did you know that it was going to lead into video games or like did you think you were just going to go into retail what was that like so my overall goal was to get into video games um actually gamestop has a uh a little game studio uh that kind of helps publish other studios games so uh the game deformers comes out of that studio um a couple other games came out that uh, came out of that studio as well and um i my my tract was to get to Get, do my job very, very well to the point where they're going to want to keep me, um, which I did very well because in three weeks after working there, GA to a assistant manager. <laughs> and then um, I got in so well that when we had corporate come around and do checks, I was like, hey, and they're like, hey, you know, are you wanting to stay in GameStop? What do you want to do? I was like, I want to be in the game industry. I was like, I would, you know, really like to be in the game industry or, you know, kind of continue on with my art career. And they're like, okay, cool. So send us your resume and your portfolio. I was like, all right. So I sent my resume and my portfolio. And hilariously, actually, my very last day uh, working at GameStop, my district manager came in. He's like, hey, I just wanted to come and tell you that uh, corporate thought you were so awesome that they made a graphic artist position for you for GameStop. Wow. I was like, well, I'm going to Gearbox. And he's like, do that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but my, my mindset was to get into the industry anyway, anyhow. In a year, I made it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I also love is that by with your career at GameStop, 
you came into contact with people that worked in the industry mm-hmm. and you built relationships with them. And like, can you take us in, a little more in depth into how did that all play out? Like, was it, oh, hey, you, you found out did these customers work at Gearbox and you're automatically like, I want to get a job there. Can you help me get a job? Or like, what was, what was that like for you? They didn't do that, mostly because um, I feel like that happens a lot. Anybody who's in the industry, they get approached by somebody who's like, oh my God, you're in the industry. Help me get into the industry. And like, they're just like fervent and rabid and feral. <laughs> and I, I would approach someone who's actually famous. You're famous. I'm going to give, I'm going to respect you, but hey, let's just talk about games. And so that's what I did. Um, I was alone by myself a lot at the uh, store that I was at because I was the assistant manager and I had the most available hours. And so what I ended up doing is I would just shoot the shit. I would just talk games with everybody. Um, I got asked, oh, hey, from my friend who worked at Gearbox, like, oh, hey, what did you think of Battleborn? And I would tell him my honest opinion. I was like, hey, I didn't really like this part because, you know, hey, the color similarities were just really bad and it gave me a headache or, you know, all this other stuff. Yay. Uh, I think it was mostly their uh, their marketing team. Uh, that would come in, and so we would talk about any of the new games that are coming out for EA, and they would ask my opinion on what I thought about their marketing, or if anybody would like any of these, like, the free little gifts that come along with pre-ordering a game. I was like, that's really cool. That's nice. That's neat. That's cool. I don't like that. I think that looks terrible. (laughs) So I would just be very honest, very open, but, you know, they would occasionally ask me, hey, so, you know, do you want to stay at GameStop? I'd be like, no, I want to be in the game industry. And I was like, if you happen to hear anything, let me know, and I'll definitely apply. Uh, but I never really, like, fervently held onto their wrist and be like, tell me when you're applying, tell me now! Because <laughs> I don't think that's fair, and I don't think that's nice. Um, that's one of the things that, like, it's kind of, it's kind of like meeting someone that you don't know and then expecting so much from them, and then just taking so much from them. And I don't think that's fair, because they've worked so hard to get to where they are, and to take more from them... For that, and then I'll just kind of not honor the fact that hey, they are human too. They have they have a nine to five. They maybe they don't want to talk about work all the time. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like common courtesy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I'm curious, like, how did your training at GameStop help you with that? Like, because that sounds like it's a very customer service customer service people oriented type of approach. Um, is that something that you learned at GameStop or is that something that you even nope. beforehand? Um, it's actually kind of something I've just been ingrained with. Um, my dad's always been like, hey, these are, he's always taught me, hey, people have lives outside of the moment that you interact with them. And so treat everybody with kindness and respect. And, you know, if you can't find a common ground with them, that's okay. That's fine. Just, you know, be nice. And that's something that I've carried through for the entirety of my life. And my grandmother has taught me that, too. And she's she's been a very huge influence in my life. But, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's not something that GameStop taught me. Mostly because a lot of the stuff that GameStop taught me um, were things that I already knew. And were pretty common things across retail. Um, but just kind of keeping in mind that people have their own struggles, have their own lives outside of everything. Um, and that they... They're people, and they have they have hearts. They have brains. They have lungs, and they they, they want to do fun things. And they don't always want to, you know, constantly do 
That's awesome. That is wow. I'm just enjoying hearing the story. Sounds like you have a great deal of empathy. And yes, I'm willing to I... bet, yeah, I'm willing to bet that the people that you that saw you in the store, like the the EI, EA, right? Like Mm-hmm. They like like Steve likes to say like I'm gonna be spending 40 hours with this person. I'm sure mm-hmm. that you exude the kind of personality that someone would love to hang out with. Like that's kind of man. I hope so. That's the vibe that I'm immediately getting from you. Like this is my first interaction with you, and that's already pretty evident to me. So I can see how you got into Gearbox, and even literally they liked you enough to create a position for you at GameStop as a graphic graphic artist. So that's that is that's amazing compliments so thank you so very much (laughs) so i'm curious like your journey you mentioned going from um from gamestop and then now you're in a qa specialist so your experience testing video games for people that want to break into qa as their like stepping stone into the industry what are things that you would recommend for for people to do that? I would say just apply. Um, I've had a lot of people actually recently who've applied and and they would reach out to me saying, hey, can you tell me about the culture at Gearbox? Can you tell me, you know, if this is someplace that I'd actually really like to work? And personally, I really appreciate that because not to like, say anything about it, but like I, I would like to know somebody before I feel like I can recommend them. Um, and a lot of it is because, you know, I don't want to stick my neck out for someone random without getting to know them. So when I get the occasional uh, conversation with people and they're like, hey, you work at Gearbox, can you tell me about the culture instead of immediately, hey, you work at Gearbox, tell me about the jobs. Tell me about the position that you're hiring for. Please let me know exactly what I need to do in order to get this job. Because I, I can't, I don't hire. I don't have the ability to hire. Um, and so kind of having an open mind about uh, contacting people in like QA and stuff like that. Being like, hey, you may not be able to sway the vote. But if you could tell me, you know, even if this is a place that I'd like to work at, that'd be great. And that always sets a good tone for anybody who you're talking to so because it makes them want to actually put your name in a hat like i know there are a couple of people that have currently have recently got hired that like comes like hey are we are we are we talking to this person are are we like i don't need to know if we're hiring them but like they, they seem like a nice person i'm just saying you know and Little things like that, little acts of empathy, little acts of, you know, yes, talking about work, but, you know, not talking about, give me the job. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about, like, hey, is this something that you enjoy? Hey, is this something that you would recommend? Um, it really means a lot to people because it, you're asking what their opinion is and how they feel when they work. And, you know, not every place is going to be the great place. And there are going to be ups and downs and stuff like that. So you may catch someone on a bad day. But at the same time, like, you can get an honest feedback of, like, where to work or anything like that. Um, I would always say, though, apply. Even if it's just a general application, I would always say apply. And then, like, reach out to somebody who's in a position that you're looking at and be like, hey, what's it like working there? Is it fun? Do you enjoy it? Do you really like working there? Um, and then you'll always get honest responses and you'll, you'll 
just if you thank them for their time and like, hey, I'd like to keep in contact with you to hopefully we can be, you know, friends in the future or anything like that. That always sets a good tone. I absolutely love that. Um, and having been uh, in QA myself, spending five years um, being a professional tester and knowing that there, not only do we spend at least 40 hours a week, but sometimes like 80 plus hours a week when uh, during crunch when time, or during, <laughs> yeah, right before a game gets released, like, can you really stand somebody's personality and like there, there's so many parts to it. It's not just like, do you get along with them? But what's their work ethic like, right? Because there are people that we like hanging around, but job done. You're like, maybe I want to go with somebody else. So, yeah. um, I, I'm curious in your in your perspective, what is what are the qualities that it takes to be a good tester? In order to be a good tester, I think you really have to kind of understand exactly what QA testing is. Yes, you do get to play the game. You get to play the game all day, every day for the next 40 years. Um, <laughs> as long as there's support for a game, you will be playing the game. Um, in my personal experience, I think being able to constantly... Be okay with playing the same content over and over and over and over and over and over and over again is something that you have to keep in mind. Um, I also think that uh, being understanding of you know everybody's emotional stressors um, over time would be really really helpful as well. Um, just because again you go through the fluctuations of early development and then you have the crunch time <laughs> before the game gets released and anything like that and that that puts a lot of stress on people and so realizing that hey you may not be the problem something else may be the problem is very very important but overall um for me specifically it's just being a hard worker um, making sure that, yes, you come in with a good attitude and everything like that is very important, but also making sure that, you know, you're not complaining every five minutes. I don't want to do this. I don't want to test this. I don't want to do that. Uh, that brings the energy of the entire office down, and it, it can negatively impact the entire experience of being a tester. So you can have a really, really good group of testers, but you get one person who's like, I don't want to do this. This is lame. This is boring. I'd rather do this. It just, it, it makes it all slog and it makes the day seem longer and no one really starts having fun. But if you joke around, you have a good personality. Well, not necessarily a good personality. You can have a bad personality and be funny or something. I don't know. <laughs> but as long as, you know, you're not bringing that negativity to work, it, it really helps. Um, and definitely being just very open to criticism. Um, not necessarily wholly negative criticism, just criticism that is used to make you grow. Um, if you approach training, especially in QA, as like, a, oh, well, I already know everything. I've, I've looked at X amount of bugs on this game or X amount of bugs on this. And I don't think that's great. You've seen them, but did you report them? Do you know how to report them correctly? And, you know, sometimes there's depending on which studio I'm sure uh, you work at, there's different ways that they'll say certain things or uh, different verbiages that everybody uses. And as long as you're okay with 
open communication and all that, um, what's the word? All the input that you're going to get as soon as you start working there, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, just hard worker, making sure you're staying, <laughs> not necessarily energetic, but positive as much as you can. And then, um, yeah, just making sure that you're open to criticism. I think that's always a good idea. Hmm. You know, I have a question related to that. So I know concept art is what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. How was the transition going into uh, game testing? Because I like I'm an artist myself, right? Like I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. So I imagine yeah. that dealing with a lot of clients and art probably translated pretty well to what you're doing now from what you're what you're saying. Is that does that seem pretty accurate or, or what, what would you say? Actually, um, retail seems to work out a lot better for me for the QA work that I do as opposed to the artwork that I do mm-hmm. um, because I do have commissions and stuff like that, but um, I don't deal with that as much on a day-to-day basis as I would with retail. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, the the differences between QA and like concept art and art in general um, are kind of different in a way. Um but it's mostly just because I'm separating them myself. Mm. Uh, because if I equate art to QA, I will start like getting into workaholic mode, and I'll just go and go and go and go and then burn out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, QA is actually it's it's very similar to retail, in which you are presented with a problem, and you need to either report the problem. Not either. Uh, where you need to report the problem and explain how that problem occurs, um, and then uh, solve—not necessarily solve the problem, but be able to provide information so the problem can be solved. Um, so it's very similar to retail in that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. One of the things that I wanted to ask is like one of the, the, the problems of getting a job in the industry is like sometimes for entry levels they'll put you need experience, like two years to ex- of experience to get an entry-level position, right? Um, and one of the things that I like to talk about is how to get experience without having to be hired for the job. So, for example, like, if you're going to be applying for a job as a tester, like, there are things that you can do in the real world where you get testing experience, where you can find software, find problems with them, and write bugs. Like, what advice would you give to a an aspiring tester and how they can kind of get an idea of what it's like to write bugs without being hired on yet you know what i mean yeah um i actually highly recommend looking at your favorite video game um because every every video game out there has just one or two three four or five hundred bugs um no i'm joking (laughs) um but there there will be some video games that will have continuing bugs that will just be in there um and i'm not saying hunt them down or anything like that but when you do come across them i would kind of sit down and analyze how you would describe this to someone um the best way i would do it is this uh, same thing i same way i would teach anybody is like explain it to me as if i were a five-year-old um not that i'm saying anybody is of low intelligence or anything like that but the thing is if you can explain it to somebody who would understand at the age of five they would actually be able to understand what's going on so when see my favorite video game is horizon zero dawn and i found a lot of issues where like aloy will just clip into mountains um and it's just because she's running into the collision of the mountains and how i would describe a a bug like that is hey 
uh, this specific location, uh, goodness, I don't even remember which mountain it was, um, at this specific location, uh, if you run into the mountain right next to the sign, Ailey will clip into the mountain. And if you die there, you get stuck or, you know, or anything like that. Um, and in order to fix the problem, you can, or work around the problem, you can actually back out to the main menu and then, and then re-enter and it should work that way. Uh, but I would take a look at your favorite video games and I would kind of slowly work through them because it, as nice it is, as it is to speed run a game and complete a game, when you go slow, you start noticing a lot more issues. Um, over time, and it's kind of like a slow, uh, slow and steady runs, wins the race situation. So if you take your video, favorite video game, slowly play through it, and if you see any bugs, kind of just think about how you would describe that to somebody. Mm, I absolutely love that. And like one of the the questions that I've gotten is um, like when I advise somebody to find bugs in their favorite games and then document them. I mentioned to them that that may be something that you can put on your resume as like, I found a hundred bugs in Horizon Zero Dawn. I've documented them and I've written it down and here they are. Like as a professional tester, would you take that into account when looking at somebody that you would recommend? If I was hiring, I would definitely take a look at that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily read all of them, uh, but I would look at a couple of them and see how well they would be able to articulate. Because the biggest thing about uh, being in QA is being able to articulate clearly and concisely what the issue is. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely take a look at that. I think that would be very, very impressive uh, just because that is somebody wanting to take the initiative, wanting to be in this industry and is serious about it and is not just like, I want to play games all day. Um, just someone who really cares about what they're doing and what they want to do. I highly think that, I think that would be a very good idea. Now, I'm not saying you need to print out 100 pieces of paper with 100 bucks. <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean, I don't think you should send it in with your resume, but when you get the interview, if you bring it along, I think that's a good idea. I know I ended up bringing a paper that I wrote um, <laughs> for a temp uh, playtester position that I had done. And I was like, yeah, uh, they asked me about my opinion about this thing. And so these are the things that I thought, ta-da! <laughs> so it was like a two-page paper. And it was very well thought out. And I was like, hey, Horizon Zero Dawn is my favorite game. And awesome. And it's wonderful. And I love it. But there's this one particular thing, if you're going to be able to let you know people choose between like a stealth mechanic or a more aggressive mechanic, that you, know, you kind of need to let some of the stealth mechanic people have a place to hide in the cauldrons and i'm just like you need to figure that out but other than that like that's kind of something that i was really really proud of and so i brought that with me to my to my interview <laughs> i don't remember if i pulled it out because that was four years ago but yeah <laughs> and that's that's awesome that's that's really cool i love how you um you really think about that kind of thing so i know with my company we're all kind of qa testers because i work at a startup and that's yeah. just kind of the nature of the business. Um, so being able to clearly articulate what you want concisely and basically leaving no guesswork on on their part, man, that really does go a long way. So I think that's excellent advice that, that you've given in, in that sense and um, bringing that into the interview, making sure you can really break down what you're doing. And also, I never thought about the idea of like just playing through the game slowly. You actually will notice more bugs. I'm actually going to try that out myself in and see um, 
see what I think because like Sonic's my favorite series. So I think that's something that I could probably <laughs> go through slowly <laughs> and, and, and pick some stuff out. Yeah. And now I have uh, rolling around at the speed of sound stuck in my head. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> places to go. Yeah. Yep. Oh yes. Yes. Sonic adventure. Sonic adventure 2. <laughs> Oh, You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm going to listen to that after this now. <laughs> and, and speaking of that, I know that in my experience as a tester, one of the challenges that I had was um, being able to put up with, like you had mentioned before, um, just doing things uh, repetitively um, over and over and over again. Like being a tester, I remember like running into walls as a character just looking for collision um i remember things like playing through stages so much that like i would hear the music playing in my head even when the game was turned off or i would close my eyes and i would still see the game playing with my eyes closed or Um, in the middle of the night you have this scary fever dreams of like dying 14 times because you're looking for you know the kill plane or something (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So how did you manage to overcome some of those challenges as a tester? Because I know like doing those things repetitively can drive a normal person insane. So what are you what are you doing to 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 help you out with that? My secret cap, I'm insane. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) So for me, a lot of the times is a lot with early testing. Um, Sometimes audio isn't in yet. So I listen to a ton of music. And uh, if it's not music, I'm watching travel vlogs or I'm watching food vlogs, something to kind of like where I can focus, but I still have something going on in the background to where I'm not just like going insane. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really, really helpful. Uh, Now, of course, later on in development, when more things get finished, you can't do that as much. And so in order to do that, I generally would like to work with somebody else because then I, we just banter back and forth. Like mm. we talk back, talk and chit chat. Oh, how was your night? How was your day? And it's, it's a really great way to get to know your coworkers and a really great way to get to kind of like befriend them. <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, uh, at some point it does get very monotonous and very tiring. Um, and it's okay to be like, Hey, I need a 15 minute break. I I need a brain break. I am like, I'm either stressed out. I'm tired. I'm anxious. I like, I need to take a break. So I think it's for me, I am one of those people who gets up and just goes for four or five, six hours. Um, but you know, there are a couple people that, you know, I've worked with and like, Hey, can we take like a short five, 10 minute break? I was like, perfectly fine. Um, and I'm totally cool with that because Taking care of your mental health is very important in this industry uh, because we have to we have to produce a game. We have to get a game out there, and it's a game that everybody's so excited about. Every like, even if it's five people or it's five thousand people, someone is excited about the game that you're going to be putting out once it gets announced. And I think keeping in mind that you respect yourself as much as you respect the thousands or five fans. Um, I think is it was very important. So making sure that you take appropriate breaks, uh, making sure that you take a good amount of time and just listen to your body and listen to yourself um, and just take care of yourself while you're doing that. Um, 
and there are times, you know, hey, I'm stuck on this project. I need to get it done, but I'm so tired. Coffee. Coffee always works. <laughs> but I uh, don't use it as a crutch. I love that you touched on the mental health aspect of working in games and um, how that impacts the work environment. Because in, in my experience, like somebody can be like a hard worker, but if they're not taking care of themselves outside of work, that can impact how they operate on a day-to-day basis. And that can like those um, emotions can be contagious and infect other people around them. Um, what are some of the things that you do to help make sure that you and your coworkers um, are, are doing well, um, just health wise, both physically, mentally, emotionally, all across the board. Honestly, I, I do mental health checks with all of my coworkers, whether they realize it or not. Like I always, almost every single morning I said, good morning. And I ask how everybody's doing. Um, and then after lunch, I hope you guys had a good lunch. What'd you guys eat? Um, I'll crack jokes. I make the most terrible jokes, so don't ask me to do it. I'll crack jokes and I'll goof off occasionally. Um, I listen to a lot of K-pop, and so I'll just send them random things every once in a while. I'm like, oh, hey, did you guys see this new thing that came out? And sharing things about yourself and with other people or sharing things that, you know, people would be excited about um, with them um, is a good way to kind of like not necessarily take their mind off the task at hand, but it takes their mind off of, you know, any negative feelings that have during the day or anything like that. And then just constantly checking in with people um, and seeing how they're doing. Um, for myself, for me, it's it's just making sure that I don't go stir crazy. Um, I don't necessarily like the work from home thing uh, since quarantine started, but I respect it because I want everybody to be healthy and I want everybody to be happy and come all back together again. Um, So for me, especially at home, uh, it is a lot of, you know, occasionally me getting up to go snuggle with my dog or to mess with our new bird who is literally chaos incarnate and she's hilarious. Um, Or, you know, if I'm at work, it's to turn around and like take take a quick breather and like chit chat with a couple of the coworkers that are actually at the office. Um, and then sometimes it's just getting up and walking around. And honestly, that's probably the best thing that you can do for yourself is get some fresh air, uh, drink some water, make sure you hydrate. Hydrating is very important. And uh, just getting some physical motion because we sit in our chairs for eight to 12 day, hours a day and making sure that we, you know, get some movement into our body is really important. And it kind of helps um, reset yourself as well as uh, re-energize yourself as well. Um, coffee, again, always helps. <laughs> but again, don't use it as a crutch. I love that. And um, I know personally, one of the things that I did was help take lessons that I learned from games themselves and try to implement those mechanics into my work. So, for example, when I was a tester, we used to do, um, we used to test uh, the loading of of teams into stages. So we tested a game called NBA The Life, right? And we had to test every single team combination going into every single stadium. And that's one of those repetitive tasks that's just, like, brutal. Like, you're not even playing the game. 
You're literally yep. selecting two teams, putting them into a stadium, making sure it loads. Once it does, you reset the console and do it again. Yeah, so one crash. of the things that I did is I, I put, I, I made a game out of that myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I challenged myself, how fast can I do this test case and how fast can I do all of the combinations? Mm -hmm. And that opened it up to like, okay, well, I need to work on more stations at one time. So I commandeered an entire, like, 20 stations. And you I had the dude all of the, the loads going cart, up. weren't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, as a, as a gamer, like, are there any ways that you've implemented, like, game design techniques or gamification into work to help you perform better? Oh, I've definitely done that. I am not the console cart person that is reserved for somebody else at my, at my office, but I am constantly like, can I load into X thing and not die? Can I load into do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do like, it's kind of like quick rapid fire stuff that you can do real quickly um, in order to get things done. Um, but whereas like it's any thing more complicated is where you slow down and you take your time. But um, sometimes I like I joke around with my coworkers. I'm like, all right, all right, let's do this. Let's do this five times, five times, five times. And then we'll we'll go take a break or five times. And we'll make sure we don't crash. If we don't crash, everybody, it's Yahtzee. We got this. <laughs> also, everyone's up. Like, we can continue on with the rest of our day. And so um, just kind of having fun with it and um, you know, there will occasionally be the, oh, I don't want to do one. I was like, I know, I know, I, I get it. I understand. Two more times, two more times, and then we'll get up and go get a snack. Or, you know, kind of like short rewards kind of is how I like to do it because I'm a, I'm, I'm a dog. I'm very treat, have, I'm very reward centric. <laughs> um, I'm very reward centric. And so, um, it's, it's the little things. So like, 10, 15 more times, and then I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to go get up, and I'm going to walk around. Or I'm going to go get a snack, or I deserve a Rice Krispie treat, and I'll go grab myself a Rice Krispie, Krispie treat from the break room or something. So, um, yeah, uh, that instant gratification is possible if you make the rewards smaller. <laughs> that's awesome. I know, like, that's that's something that I kind of apply with my life as well. Like, you mentioned the gamification. Um like you, like Katie, you just mentioned. Oh, oh, I don't feel like dealing dealing with this, and how that energy can kind of affect your your work environment. And something that I like to say is like, I want to get a new high score. I understand that this person is this way. How much can I tolerate before it starts to irritate me? Right. And so each yeah. time I do a little bit better, and I call it getting a new high score, and then I'll reward myself, like you mentioned, you know, take a break, go for a walk, stuff like that. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> it's Dude, definitely a lot of fun. Um, and and like I, I love the examples that both of you gave um and that's just making me think of even more how how i can implement things like time limits right because in video games you got time limits or high scores or um things like there's certain games where they encourage the the team aspect of it where everybody has to has to contribute a certain um their certain skill set to get something done um so wow thank you for giving me so many awesome ideas to take to my workplace you know like my favorite part is is when um one of our other testers will find like some random just like nobody else would have thought this way uh to do this one thing to get a bug and i just look at him like 
you need to stop playing the game. You can't do this anymore. We're done. <laughs> I just joke. I was like, you fun. You, you finished. You got it. You good. Just go home. Just go home. And I just joke around with them like that. And it's kind of fun stuff like that. And uh, there's one coworker that I have, really good friend of mine. And I'm just like, and I was like, quit breaking the game. Stop it. Stop it. I know this is your job, but stop it. <laughs> so I just goof around with them. That's really cool. <laughs> um, another question is like, as you're playing games now, um, mm-hmm. What's your experience now that you have the tester mindset? Does that affect how you play games, you know, when, when you're supposed to be playing them for fun? Yeah, um, it also kind of affects the way I watch movies with any 3D, too. <laughs> Did you know that there's a teeny tiny triangle, uh, black triangle on Yoda's head for Star Wars, I think it's Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Um, when he talks, it just, the, the seams on his head just open up and there's this tiny triangle right by his ear. Um, oh just, man, I gotta, I, I gotta those, rewatch that now. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like you, you start looking at things um, and you don't realize you're doing it until and so until you're just like, oh hey, that's a bug. And then you're like, I should be playing this game for fun, but it's a bug. What should I do? And there have been multiple times where I, I will, like Cyberpunk 2077 was a real bad one for me. <laughs> and my husband and I were playing. Uh, together. And don't get me wrong, the game was fun for, you know, the time that I played it, but there were so many issues, because I was playing on PS4. Um, I was one of those unlucky people. And there were times where I'm just like, I'm going through everything, and my husband's behind me, uh, playing on PC, and I'm just like, well, this is a bug, and this is a bug, and this is a bug, and he just looks at me, he's like, Katie, you're not at work. I was like, I know, but there's an issue. He's like, you're not at work! Stop it! (laughs) I was like, fine so because i'm so dedicated to my job i get a little i go a little overboard um so yeah it's really nice to have someone who's not quite yet in the game industry or someone who's not in the industry kind of reset you as you're playing through games because after one or two times if it's a real bad night three for me (laughs) of that hey you're not at work you can play this and just enjoy it um is really helpful um and if you don't have that just constantly like reminding yourself hey you're not at work you're allowed to enjoy this and not bug it it's okay um so having that constant reminder you know it it happens it's gonna happen it's just it's the nature of qa (laughs) the nature of being a tester um so i think as soon as you kind of like get to a good spot you can actually just be okay. And there, there, is, there is a lull. Well, at least there was for me. There, and I've seen it occasionally with a couple of my coworkers where you come in being a heavy gamer and play games for eight hours all day long. All day long for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then at one point, you're just like, I don't want to play another video game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play another video game. I don't want to look at pixels. I don't want to look at 3D. I don't want to do anything. And you just kind of go home and... That's where you develop other hobbies, which I think is very, very nice and very useful because other hobbies that don't require a screen or don't require a controller or a keyboard or a mouse or anything like that, I think is very useful for testers because uh, it kind of it grounds you a little bit more um, and it makes sure that you, you find a center and then you do eventually go back to video games. Like for me... Um, 
I kind of stopped for a little while drawing because it was all digital for me. Uh, and I was like learning how to use my digital tablet and everything like that. And it just got to a point where I'm just like, I need space from electronics, from everything. Like I need space. And so I picked up printmaking again. Um, and I took printmaking in uh, college and it was something that I really enjoyed, but it's a very tactile thing. Um, and now I've been able to come back to drawing and back to digital art and everything like that. And I think it's helped me improve my own art and my own uh, enjoyment for video games as well. And I, I just picked up a league, like, out of nowhere. My friend, my coworkers, and my friends are just like, hey, you want to play league? I was like, sure, I've never done it. <laughs> I love suffering. <laughs> So yeah, and then but you end up wanting to play more and more because you want to see more of what's out there and how, you know, they could have fixed a thing if you come across it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it there there is a lull that happens with testers, but as long as you find a way to kind of like separate yourself, I think that's good too. I'm so glad you brought that up. And uh for those of you guys listening out there, uh, that's definitely spoiler alert. Not just a tester oh, no. issue. Um, oh. <laughs> any 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 professional experience is that right? Like I work in the music and the tech space, so uh, when I'm driving, I live in LA. I listen to podcasts. I don't like always listening to music all the time. Or um, I and like you said, like I mentioned before, I do a lot of QA myself at work. Just kind of the nature of the job when working on our apps and stuff like that. Um, something that I like to do is like I'll work out, hang out with friends, something that keeps my mind off of it. Or I really enjoy watching like TV series. Um, that's 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 one of my favorite pastimes now, especially like going on Netflix, finding something mm-hmm. that has a couple seasons. Um, because playing video games, like it really does bring you back to work sometimes. So that kind of mm-hmm. really goes in line with that 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 whole work life balance thing, right? You gotta develop your hobbies and make sure you're balancing all that stuff out. So I'm so glad that you touched on that. that I could help. <laughs> and I know that one of your passions is concept art and mm-hmm. wanting to do that professionally. Tell me what's your, um, what are your, like your long-term goals and like what are the things that you're doing now to get there? Uh, so I long-term want to be a creature and concept artist. Like that is what I want to do. I want to create characters. I want to create creatures, cute, adorable, I want to create things that the player will interact with. Um, And so my long-term goal is to get to that position. And I've been working towards it for, you know, the past three, four years. Um, And what I do, what I've been doing since then is just creating. I literally create almost 24-7. If I'm not drawing, I'm thinking about drawing. If I'm not thinking about drawing, I'm writing down ideas for drawings. I'm doing research. Um, I'm actually currently working on a character right now that I'm very, very proud of. Um, and it is a character for a D&D one-shot campaign that I may be doing with my friends uh, sometime this next coming month. And I've gone overboard. I've, like, jumped off the deep end. I was so excited and so passionate about the character that I decided to do, like... This is character one in plain clothes. This is character two in plain clothes. This is character three in, you know, the battle vestments and everything. And I've created the whole backstory for the character. So I I just create. I constantly, constantly create. And then if I'm not doing that, I'm learning. Um, I'm realizing that art is not, <laughs> art cannot exist in a vacuum. Um, because in college, when I was going to Texas A&M Corpus as a fine arts um, major, I had people to bounce ideas off of. I had 
people to critique my work on a semi-regular basis. Um, but as soon as I got to ATEC, because they didn't have a concept art track um, and everything was all assignment-based, I didn't really have that critique atmosphere for me. And so I kind of stopped learning for a while, which in all, in all honesty, I think if you stop learning, it's not a good thing uh, because you stop progressing. Um, and so for a while, I stopped progressing. So I'm relearning how to take critiques without taking it emotionally or personally. And I'm also just kind of getting a refresher for the processes and the different programs that I use. So I'm currently taking a Photoshop refresher course. It is currently the bane of my existence right now because I am very bad at time management, which is another thing everybody should be hmm. much better at it than I am is time management because I am terrible at it. I, it takes me... 10, 20 minutes to get home. And then I just, everything flies by in the blink of an eye. And then it's 11 o'clock and I have to go to bed. <laughs> but yes. Um, so I am constantly trying to get better in my crafts, uh, get better with the programs that I use so that I don't fall behind. And so that I'm also constantly learning and I'm getting better. And I think it does show because every single character that I've ever created since 2017 is newer better, more evolved, mm. more, you know, more improved. And it shows. So that's pretty much what I've been doing is I just, I learning, I'm relearning how to never stop learning. Um, so I have a question kind of related to that. Um, our core yeah. audience is primarily people that are uh, maybe recent college grads or want to get into the industry. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that one issue can be kind of information overload. So can you kind of share some of your favorite content creators, say favorite YouTube videos or favorite courses that you like to follow for specifically yeah. for art and concept art and stuff like that? Yeah, of course. So I'm a huge fan of Mark Burnett. He is a former character designer for Blizzard, and he's got a lot of really, really great content. He also does a weekly live stream with uh, his Patreon uh, followers that uh, he goes through portfolio reviews and he does like daily like sketch dumps and like uh, everybody sketches at the same time and everything. It's really, really good. Um, and on top of that, I also listen to Adam Duffield. Um, oh, sorry, I think it's Adam Duff. Uh, yeah, Adam. Anyway, it's Lucid Pixels on YouTube. Really, really great guy. He not only talks about um, being a concept artist and being in the industry as a concept artist, but he also talks about the emotional aspects of being an artist um, in the concept art world. Um, and for me, I feel like since I have found his channel, I have emotionally matured as an artist uh, because he does delve into the, you know, whole imposter syndrome and that of, you know, not feeling worthy or anything like that. And it's, it's really, really important to kind of wrangle those beasts as an artist uh, just a little bit because it helps you identify it and how to kind of overcome it. Hmm. That is really cool. And um, so were you, to, were you about to say, ask questions, Steve? Uh, no, like, go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I've got more, but go for it. Yeah, I was just going to say that we are actually nearing the end of the podcast. Um, we're at the hour. I don't want to keep you much longer than you kind of agreed to. Um, so are there any kind of, I guess, parting words of advice that you give to people that want to get into the industry. Um, maybe uh, some things that 
they can do now while they're still in school. And then also, um, if you're willing to share like your social media links, like LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, whatever else you're on. I know there's like, like art station specifically for, for artists and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my biggest piece of advice is to make sure that you take care of yourself. Um, because without you, your art doesn't exist. Uh, without you, your testing doesn't exist. So take care of yourself. Um, be that mentally, be that physically, be that, you know, just make sure you take care of yourself at work. Um, please take care of yourself because that is the most important thing. Um, if you're trying to get into the industry, anytime that, you know, you go to E3 or, you know, a, a video game fan expo or anything like that, um, just keep in mind that they're people too. Um, they, they're just as excited to be there as you are. Um, but you'll, you'll catch more flies with honey than you will with vinegar. <laughs> so definitely come to them and be like, hey, what's it like working there? What's, can you tell me what, how, what you enjoy most about working at X Studio? Be it Square Enix, be it Gearbox, be it, you know, Rockstar or anything. Um, get their opinion. Let them tell you what their favorite things are before you tell them what your favorite things are. Um, on top of that, uh, make sure you take breaks. Breaks are very, very important. I'm very bad about it. And so I should know. <laughs> make sure you take breaks. Always keep learning. Always keep learning. Just because you graduated college doesn't mean that the learning has stopped. There are millions of resources on this on the internet. Uh, there's Control Paint, which is the classes that I'm working through right now. Uh, you've got Muddy Colors, which I just recently learned about. Um, and then there's a whole bunch, there's a whole world out there. We live in the technology age and information is just at your fingertips. So definitely take a look into anything and everything that you can. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Other than that, uh, if you guys want to hit me up on uh, my Instagram, you can find me at KT of York. Uh, that's K-T-E-A of York. Um, and that goes the same for my art station as well as my LinkedIn. Yes, I like tea. Um, <laughs> uh, I just recently got a TikTok. I'm going to be posting stuff a little bit more regularly. I just realized that, hey, TikTok's a good space to market in. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can reach me there. I'm always, always up for a good chat. Um, if anybody wants to ask me about my opinions about being a QA tester or anything else, I'm always free. So please reach out to me. Just don't be feral. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thanks again. Thank you for agreeing to come on to the podcast, Katie. Um, and thanks, you guys, for actually listening to the podcast. Um, and this can kind of concludes this episode of the Power Up Podcast. <laughs>